you would be opening your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6, and we'll be reading from there in just a moment. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, and he, among many other prophets, were sent by God to bring God's people Israel back into the right way. Jeremiah prophesied in the last 40 years or so of the southern kingdom's existence until they're being taken into captivity by Babylon. Let's read then chapter 6 and verse 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. There or then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. The picture given in this exhortation is one of a traveler. A traveler who's in an intersection, so to speak, of many roads that lead in different directions. Judah is that traveler. Judah is instructed to stand in the ways and see. This means stop and look. Consider. Look at all the choices of roads. But there is a road that should be asked for. A path. And that is a road called the old paths. The old paths are where the good way is, the Bible says here. Ask for it. Stop, look, now ask and then listen to the instruction of the old paths wherein is the good way. Having heard it then, he says walk in it. Do it. In hearing and doing it, you shall find rest for your souls. Sadly, of course, the reply is we will not walk in it. I want to consider some truths that we learn from this text and then make some application to you and I. There are many ways, first of all, that a man can go. We see this all the way back from the beginning. When we turn to Genesis chapter 4, we have the story of Cain and Abel. One worshipped by faith and one did not. One offered sacrifice then according to what God had instructed and the other did not. One sinned and one did not. Cain was even asked, if you do well, will you not be accepted? You, Cain, could and still can just as well choose to do right, God's saying. But he chose another path, didn't he? There was King Saul, and then there was King David. And Saul at one time was small in his own eyes, the Bible says, and he was useful as a king. But then he transgressed the Lord's command at Gilgal, And Samuel the prophet said to him, You have not kept what the Lord commanded you. 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 14. And the Bible there says that God sought for Himself a man after His own heart. And He found that in David. Two remarkable men, Saul and David. But Saul chose another path. In Deuteronomy chapters 28 through 30, Moses spoke very powerful parting words to Israel, pronouncing the fact that before them lay two paths, two roads. One was life and good, and the other he described as death and evil, Deuteronomy 30 and verse 15. Life and death, blessing and cursing. And he said, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live, Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. Two paths. Two ways to go. 
They chose evil often, and us death and cursing. And of course, the Lord God their Father sent warnings to them by His messengers, rising up early and sending them because He had compassion on His people and on His dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised His words, and scoffed at His prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against His people and there was no remedy. 2 Chronicles 36, verses 15-16. So see then, there is more than one way that a man can go. Secondly, God has always had a right way for man to go. The way has always then been defined by law, by His law. Before the law of Moses, Adam and Eve had been given a right way to go. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17, the Lord God had said, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Cain and Abel were given a right way to go, and Abel chose the right way. In the days of Noah there was a right way, and there were the ways of wickedness. In Acts chapter 14 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul speaking to Gentile people, he said regarding the Gentiles that God in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. They were not the right way, but He allowed it. The ways of the Lord spoken by the mediator Moses in the law of Moses, they constituted the right way for Israel. Regarding that way, in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verses 1 through 2, the Bible says, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live, and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. That's one right way to go. And God expected it of His people Israel. Then now, in this dispensation, in this age of the Gospel, after that nailing of the old law to the cross, taking it out of the way, the law of Christ is the right way given to all men. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Me. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Peter spoke and said, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ then is that way. And it's an interesting thing to read through the account of Acts. The Acts of the Apostles. Recorded by Luke. And how many times the way of Christ is spoken of simply as the way. And if you have a New King James Version, at least in mine, they even capitalized the W. The way. Those who were of the way. When Saul was on his way to Damascus with letters to put bound up, bind up Christians. Those who were of the way. Acts chapter 9 and verse 2. God has always given man a right way to go and wanted man to choose that way. So first, there's many ways a man can go. But there's one right way. God has always given one right way. Third, God forbids man's ways 
He doesn't prevent a man from going his own way. For every man has been given the ability to choose, but man's ways have always been forbidden. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verses 8 and 9. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Why is that? God said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are so much higher than ours that we only know that of which He's revealed to us. Our ways, which are myriad, the ways of men, they're not, He says, they're not, they're not my ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. God forbids us going our ways. He wants us to go His way. In Jeremiah 10 and verse 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Fourth, not only can man go many different ways, but God has given him one and forbidden him to go his own way. Man's ways result in condemnation. We see that in Deuteronomy 30 when we read what Moses spoke in parting words. You'll receive cursing and death if you go these other ways. In Galatians chapter 1 and verses 7 through 8. In Galatians 1 and verses 7 through 8, writing to the churches of Galatia, we read, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Anathema, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, then what you have received, let him be accursed. Man's ways result in condemnation from God. In Revelation chapter 22 and verses 18 and 19. In Revelation 22, 18 and 19. Nearly the last verses of this good book. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. To go man's ways results in condemnation. The instruction then is to stand in the ways. Stand in the ways. But don't forget there is one right way. The Bible says to not just stand in the ways though but to stand and to see. In other words, stop and look and let's use the word consider. It's a call to engage the intellect of man, the understanding. Eyes that see are praised by Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 16. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. 
Wisdom has been said to be seeing the end from the beginning. Those are eyes that see. When men look at evil and say, that's not what I want. That's not what's right. I don't want that, but I want the way of the Lord. That's a highly praised thing. Ezekiel 18 and verse 14 speaks of that kind of thing. If a man begets a son who sees all the sins which his father has done and considers but does not do likewise. He sees and he says, I don't want that path. I want the right path in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 28 because he considers and turns away from all the transgressions which he committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Here's a man who has stood in the way and seen the paths. And he's asked for the old paths. He shall surely live. Don't just stand in the ways, but see and look and consider. And then six, ask. Ask for the old paths. Jeremiah 6.16 we read. Ask for the old paths wherein the good way is. For those Jeremiah prophesied to, the old paths of the law of Moses, in all of its purity, that was the good way. Moses spoke in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 17. It's called the Song of Moses. There's another one of his songs in Exodus 15. But in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 17, I believe is a prophecy of what Israel would do in the future. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, you grew thick. You are covered with fat. Then he forsook God who made him and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons, not to God, to gods they did not know, to new gods, new arrivals that your fathers did not fear. New arrivals. It's exactly the opposite about what Jeremiah speaks about. Asking for the old paths. They said, let's turn to new gods, new arrivals. Something new and novel. And they would suffer for it. Jeremiah says, my inspiration to Judah in Jeremiah 6 and 16, ask for the old paths. But he goes on. He says, don't just ask for the old paths where the good way is. But he says, walk in it. Asking then, hear it. Hear it, accept it, believe it, and do it. It's a call to obedience. The old paths are not just for the intellect of man, knowledge and understanding, but also for the other parts of his heart, his belief, and that his will might be turned to live it. Live that way according to the old paths where the good way is. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, in one of the temptations that came His way, He said to the devil, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I believe He had more in mind then than physical sustenance. 
but the bread of life which we need. God's words, His law, are words to live by. But Jeremiah goes on from there and he says, in living according to God's law, the old paths, wherein the good way is, you will find rest for your souls. To find rest for the soul is to find the spiritual blessing of fellowship with God. Rest from the slavery of sin as well as rest from the burden and guilt before God of our sin. That's true rest. So this is exhortation. Let's read it again. Jeremiah 6 and 16. Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Is this admonition of any value to us today? And if so, how? And I would say to you, the answer is a positive, resounding, and absolute yes to you and me. It's applicable to you and to me today. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 15, Paul wrote, Brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Paul is telling those in Thessalonica who have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ to stand fast and hold the teaching that you received, whether when I was there present with you or whether by my letter. That's a call to the old paths. Not something new that someone would come along like in the churches of Galatia that we read about. Every man and woman needs to stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Wherein is the good way? And walk in it. For there you will find rest for your souls. Jesus spoke of different ways in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life and there are few who find it. There is a broad way and a narrow way. There is a road of immorality. There are roads of false religion. There's roads of my own way, perhaps just doing my own thing. Trying to prosper in this world with no concern for the next. All of these roads, though, have one thing in common, and that is that they're my way. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 34, when he had called the people to himself, the Bible says, with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Deny himself is what I'm thinking about here. That's my way. I've got to deny myself in order to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. My will, my way's got to be denied. And I've got to make His will mine. There are different systems of religions, different paths. There is Christ, there is Buddhism. There is Islam, there is Hinduism, 
numerous. There are many paths, aren't there? Among those who call themselves Christian, and yet do not follow the Bible, there's Catholicism, there's Protestantism, there are denominations, this one and that one, each with their peculiar man-made doctrines. There is this community church and that community church. They cannot all teach different gods, and yet they do, and be right. They cannot all teach different Jesuses, and they do, and then, and then be right. They cannot all teach different doctrines, and all be right. God has one way. The way of error and the way of sin are many, but the way of the Lord is one. Is singular. Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 4 through 6. In Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. How many baptisms are practiced in Moscow, Idaho? Several. Read the websites. Compare the teaching of baptism to the teaching in the New Testament. Or compare it to another church's teaching. You'll find different teachings even on baptism. Even by those who practice it. But there's one. And if there's one, there's one truth about it. Kind of like me saying, well, I believe in Abraham Lincoln, but I don't believe anything about him. Well, you believe, you believe in Abraham Lincoln? I don't believe anything about him, though. I believe in one baptism, but I don't believe in anything this says about it. <laughs> well, then you don't believe in one baptism. Stand in the way and consider. It's foolish to go with the multitude. It's foolish to simply follow one's own impulses and feelings. Brother, we want to ask for the old paths. And the old paths for you and me is the original gospel. The original gospel is described as the seed of the kingdom in the parable of the sower. That seed shall never die. It lives and abides forever. 1 Peter chapter 1. And verse 23, And when sown in an honest and good heart produces only a Christian, it will continue to produce just a Christian until time on earth is no more. But when you follow the doctrine of the Methodist discipline, it will not produce a Catholic. It will produce a Methodist. When you follow the Baptist manual, it will produce a Baptist. It doesn't produce a Methodist or a Lutheran. When you follow the original seed of the kingdom in the Bible, the gospel and its purity, it makes a Christian simply a Christian. The apostles, by the authority of Jesus Christ, expected men, even of their day, to say, wait a minute, I want the old paths. That is, I want just the gospel of Jesus Christ as it was originally preached to me in its purity. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6, Paul in writing to a troubled church, he said in chapter 4 and verse 6, Now these things, brethren, I figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against another. Following after men. Party spirit following after men. No, 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 no. Stay within the confines of that which is written. In Romans chapter 16 and verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren, know those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. Do you see how he's pointing them back to the old paths? That is what you learned from me. Not from me personally, but what you learned in the Gospel. Paul hadn't visited there yet. But he said, what you've learned in the Gospel. Don't let someone take you away from that doctrine which you learned. Go back to the old paths which you received. Paul says in the first Corinthian letter that he's begotten them through the Gospel. They were like his children. How do parents feel when their children go astray? And Paul had utter concern night and day for the churches. Taught the Gospel and then others would come along and move them away from it. You cannot help but see that as we read through the New Testament. And this was in apostolic days. His grave concern that they be moved away from the pure and original Gospel which they had obeyed. Think about 1 Corinthians 11. He wrote to them and he said, For I delivered to you that which I also received. As I understand that, Paul is saying, when I was in Corinth, I delivered to you what to do when you partook of the Lord's Supper. And I'm telling you again now, now what is it that you've done with it? You need to get back to what I delivered to you. You need to get back to the old paths, to the Gospel. The purity of it. You hear his concern in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 1-4. through That someone would come along and bewitch them and deceive them away from the pure Gospel. Adding to, taking away, creates a perverted Gospel, which is not another Gospel, really as Paul says in Galatians chapter 1. It's not the Gospel anymore then. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11, if any, any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. What does that mean? Does that not mean to go back to the old paths? The original Gospel? That which has been preached and taught in the New Testament Scriptures that we have? People everywhere today should be saying, I want to hear the old paths. I want to hear the old paths preached and taught. I want to hear the original true gospel preached. That's where the good way is. Men are constantly devising new ways that are not the old paths. There's a desire for novelty and newness. It's done by adding to the Word of God, taking from it or substituting the Spirit warned in 1 Peter chapter 4, or 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, 
giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Latter days, I understand that to be the days in which we live, the days in which they lived. These are the last days. In these last days, God has spoken to us through His Son. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Peter preached in Acts chapter 2 about these being the latter days, the last days. This gospel dispensation, so it happens over and over, doesn't it? Can we take it just a little brief history trip? What happened through history? In the second century, men digressed so far from the old paths, the original gospel, that they came to have one bishop over each congregation, and he had elders under his control, and he was the pastor of the church. There came a confederation of churches and the councils about which neither Christ nor the apostles said anything, and thus it wasn't authorized, because silence is not permission, but prohibitory by nature. Of course, if you don't recognize in a civilized society, you'll be in trouble real quick. But in 325, the Council of Nicaea convened. Holy water was introduced in 120 A.D. The doctrine of penance began around 157 A.D. In 4th century came along the worship of Mary. Mechanical instruments of music came in in 666 A.D. Sprinkling for baptism introduced in the 3rd century, formally adopted in the 1300s. On and on we could go. They left the old paths wherein the good way is. And shall they find rest for their souls there? No way. And then came along the Reformation movement. Luther and others involved in that but they only reformed what was there. They did not go all the way back to the original, to the old paths. Born out of that movement were various denominations, many of which exist in this city now. And then you have what is called a restoration movement in our country. Men at that time wanted to go back to the old paths, and many did. But over and over what happens as 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 told us, is that some men quit asking for the old paths wherein the good way is. That's not what that said, but it's referring to that idea. Departing from the faith. Departing from the old paths. In the 1800s, brethren divided over a missionary society called the American Christian Missionary Society. Why? Such an organization was without New Testament authority to exist. Those who accepted it left the old paths. They morphed into what is now the disciples of Christ in the Christian church. They've been full-fledged denominations not adhering to the pure gospel for a long time now. In the 1900s, Brethren in many places divided over institutionalism and the social gospel. Many who accepted church-supported institutions as well as a church providing for social activities have gone well beyond 
to now adopt things like instrumental music, women leading in the worship. Some question the necessity of baptism. I would say they're simply Johnny-come-latelys. For the Catholics thought that up centuries ago. And so did the denominations. The social gospel was a part of the denominational world for many years before brethren somewhere ever accepted it and adopted it. It is interesting when you think about the new in the novel. Because how long is new new? The only answer is to go back to the old past, to the beginning of the gospel. Go back to the source. We have in the religious world what could be compared to a polluted stream. People are drinking religiously from polluted streams. But the pure water of life springs forth from the fountain of life. And that's the original gospel, the only gospel. Why do men want new paths, new ways? Maybe because of the pride of life. The intellectual is not satisfied with the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. Second, because of the moral boundaries of the gospel, men want to relax the boundaries and restraints. And God will allow it, but to their own destruction. The old paths, the gospel of Jesus Christ, was settled roughly 2,000 years ago. It cannot be new then. It's old. The right way cannot be new. Truth cannot be new. Maybe new to you. Truth cannot be new. Truth is old. The truth of the gospel is old. The right way the gospel of Jesus Christ is old. No new truth being revealed. I believe there's an air of arrogance to think that this is not an issue for people today or even more importantly for me or for you. The admonition in Jeremiah was to God's people. Judah! What are these admonitions to in the New Testament? They're to God's people. Christians. The admonitions of the apostles to stick to the original teachings was to God's people. The church. And over and over again we see the repetition of God's people leaving the old paths wherein the good way is. Ask for the old paths and once found, walk in it. That good way. Live by it. Obey its precepts, its commands. Follow its examples. Make the necessary conclusions that are there. Rest for the soul is found only in the old paths wherein the good way is. But what about all the people who really believe they are where the good way is? And they feel good about it. And they feel that they are at peace with God and rest for their souls. What I think and what you think and what I think and what you feel doesn't determine whether one is in the good way. Where alone there is rest. The old paths, the simple, unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ tells us that old way the old paths wherein the good way is. The rest for the soul described by Jesus in Matthew chapter 11 and verses 28 through 30. Some of the most beautiful words spoken. The great invitation. 
Where Jesus said, Come to Me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For My yoke is easy and My burden is light. That's the old path. Learn from Me. Asking for that old path. And you'll find rest for your souls. Rest from labor? No. Rest from difficulty? No. Rest from trial? No. Rest from temptation? No. Rest from slavery and burden of sin? Yes. And the forgiveness that's only for Jesus Christ. This morning is a time of choice. It's a time of choosing. And to young people I say this. Are you standing in the paths and looking and considering? Do you see the differing roads? Will you ask for the old paths wherein the good way is? Will you recognize that if you choose another road other than the way of the Gospel, all you will do, besides lose your soul, but all you will do in the end and most likely along the way is prove God right. Why would you waste your life trying to prove God wrong when you'll never succeed? Why don't you accept the old paths? Ask for the old paths. To Christians this morning, to brethren here, myself included, I ask these questions. Will you stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it? That is, make the good way your rule of living. Not return to the old paths of the old man like Paul describes Jews returning to the weak and the beggarly elements. Galatians 4 and verse 9. The old paths where the good way is involves going on to maturity. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. You may this morning be standing at a fork in the road. Will you not choose the old paths wherein the good way is? Because there you will find rest for your souls. Are you here this morning and not a child of God? Won't you obey the Gospel of Jesus Christ? Believing it? Repenting of your sins? Confessing Jesus as Lord and Christ and the Savior of men? And then being baptized for the remission of your sins. And you'll receive that gift of salvation. Remain faithful unto death. And if you're a Christian and you're not living right, will you make it right with the Lord? As we stand and sing a song to encourage.